Exactly. Have you ever have you ever had a daymare? No. Have you ever had a nightmare? I have. But you've never had a daymare? Nope. Have you had a night dream? Once. Only once. Okay. Have you ever had a day? <laughs> Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Ready to do this, amigo? We are. All right. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. Our uh, third host is away attending weddings on top of weddings, so it is just uh, your first host, Marcello. And host number two, D. And uh, how's it going this week, man? It, it's going pretty good. Um, it's been a slow Bitcoin week. Pretty slow. Not too much stuff is in the news. Uh, I keep hearing this, I see this reoccurring nightmare that banks on banks on banks are using blockchains on blockchains on blockchains. Every time I turn around, it's blockchain. Not yeah. Bitcoin, just blockchain. I think you said uh, in either the last episode or the one before that, that the blockchain technology is going to be the, the driving force to get people interested. And I think Visa is, uh, they're researching Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Uh, and they're, they have two research labs here in the u.s yeah man it's it's a bona fide sorry not bona fide it's a bona fide <laughs> yeah what the bona fide it's a bona fide yeah uh technology a tool it's here to stay it's not going anywhere yeah um it's just do they want to make their own blockchain and it'll be just theirs or do they want to have the public one so i don't know it's going to be these next few years are going to be very interesting because I think you're going to have banks that are going to have their own private blockchains and that's okay. You know, if they want to do banking behind the scenes like they always do, they're always going to do that. Yeah. It just sucks. I wish that we as a community would make our mind up if we're going to be a settlement vessel or, you know, like a payments network or a currency. Actually, currency is good. What am I saying? We're all three. Fucking, it's Bitcoin. 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 We run everything. Well, they're going to hire a thousand engineers to work on it. So a thousand engineers are going to wake up in the morning and they are going to work on blockchain related initiatives. And I don't even think, you know, not necessarily all those engineers are even going to know what the hell they're doing until they get there. They're going to have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. I think... If you're a computer engineer right now and you're listening to our show, you need to get a job working on blockchain technology because uh, job security and lots of moolah will be thrown your way. Crappy moolah, USD, fiat, but nevertheless, it, 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 it'll make your days go by. Yeah. So. Uh, the thing that I'm saying is a lot of flip-flopping because Visa said that they... Uh, do not see the technology 
as uh, a business threat, and now they're employing engineers to go, uh, you know, work on it, work on the technology. So it seems like, I don't know, man, they're, they're talking out of their ass, and then, you know, if they can't beat them, join them type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever, have you ever had a daymare? No. Have you ever had a nightmare? I have. But you've never had a daymare? Nope. Have you had a night dream? Once. Only once. Okay. Have you ever had a day? <laughs> have you ever had a daydream? All the time. So you have daydreams but not daymares? Nope. I have daymares sometimes. And I had a daymare today. This is what I think. I think that the institutionalized, entrenched financial services industry is trying to position themselves to profit off of the um value gain of bitcoin i think they're going to have their own blockchains that they use to make fiat systems uh better smoother which is in turn going to probably smooth out some economies but the bitcoin economy isn't going to just go away people still use it it still has lots of value and i think it's going to be pretty much the digital economy that helps bolster these emerging markets while the fat cats have positioned themselves to take advantage and i think bit license is the first instance of that $5000 for like a 31 page application yeah fuck out of here that's like a bad like marvel movie like the villain employs his workers to go work on something why every day they secretly steal a little bit of it to build their own and then use it against the people isn't it though it's straight up evil yeah just quick rewind was that a good new york like fuck out of here fuck out of here get the, get, the, get the fuck out of here anyways um the bit license is, is it's nasty man a lot of companies are leaving i think they only have 22 applicants and guess what i think some of those applicants do have ties to the entrenched uh, financial services industry mm. so wouldn't that be like irony at its best that the banks are prolonged by bitcoin technology um golly that would be so dirty but like they have the power yeah and it's like you can't get people to wake up like sometimes when we do the show i feel like morpheus and and neo i'll be morpheus because of my blackness and you can be neo (laughs) but like it's just like wake up man you're dozer come on i am dozer (laughs) natural born here on a good old soil Sewage. While you eat your cornflakes. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> creamy corn. Laser gun. All right. Uh, so I guess to, to switch gears to some little lighthearted. Um, last episode, I made an offhanded remark about uh, what rappers would call Bitcoin. Digido. I think we came across Digido. <laughs> so um, we reached out to a couple rappers, some really well-known ones. And the, the answers were really surprising. They they varied from giving us actual rhymes about Bitcoin. Uh, then we got, well, I'm not going to give you my rhymes for free. You're going to have to pay for it. Should we call them out? I'm going to call them out one by one as I go through this. The dude wanted us to pay him for two lines of rapping. <laughs> and then the, the third option would be um, them not knowing what Bitcoin was. So it was a very interesting mix. I'm going to start with... A milestone. If you don't know who Hoodie Allen is, you should. 
he used to work at Google and he quit his job at Google and became a pretty good white rapper. He's pretty good. And I love the qualification you threw in there. He is a white rapper and it's very apparent and he makes it apparent. Yeah. But it doesn't mean he's not good. He's damn good. He's pretty good. So we, we reached out to Hoodie Allen and I said, hey, man, give us a, a rhyme about Bitcoin. And he said, ha, ha, ha. Give me some coin and I'll let you know. So what do, what do we do, Dimitri? I personally sent this man $10 in coin from Change Tip. I sent it to him through Change Tip. 10 bucks. Two high fives if you want to look at it. Yeah. Well, let's play uh, like a 10 second insert of his of his music really quick. Hey yo, I made myself some promises, some New Year's resolution shit. Try to have some patience in my life, but I'd be losing it. There's no confusing it. I kind of got so nervous. Community service, man. I still think- yeah, and that's that's Hoodie Allen, and I I want to say that we are credited with giving Hoodie Allen his first Bitcoin piece that's of right. Bitcoin. Hopefully, it's us. Like I don't know if anybody's done it before us, but if they did, f them. We yeah. did it first, so yeah. And then, uh, so then we asked uh, Sir Michael Rocks. If you're not familiar with him, he's uh, part of the Cool Kids. Let it bump. Let it bump. I say that's what it is. That's what I did, nigga. That's what I'm on. I'm on that COD, and you off the mids, nigga. And I'm on that strong, that cake, that cash. I chase after that bag. Don't take that picture. And. What he told me was that he was definitely going to make a Bitcoin reference in his next rap. Yes, definitely. Look up that word. If you don't know what it means, it means we're putting Bitcoin on the rapper's map. And that is a map. You can go to rappersmap.com and then you'll see the ping on. It'll show you where your local rappers are. In case you need rapping services, that's rappersmap.com. <laughs> and, and we're there. And you'll see that guy. So, I mean, you might be thinking, like, oh, you haven't named any rappers I heard of. How about Dice Raw from the Roots, the legendary Roots crew? That's right. Watch Jimmy Fallon, the band. Yeah, we got that guy. And what did he say? You're about to hear it right now. Reminisce about back in the day Maybe a little too much You know what they say About living in the past That's where you stay Think about first time Stepping on stage Keep my little rats back When I was so brave Walking through the crowd now they... And he, you know, I, I asked him the same question Give us a rhyme about Bitcoin To which he responded LOL It starts with I wish I owned Bitcoin As the first line so he's begging to be introduced to this, and it sounds like he wants some. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Like, who cares about rappers? And I will say to you, you elitist music listener, everyone cares about rappers. A lot of people care about rappers, right, Cello? I, mean, I think you. I think you said it. Uh, where we're we're not trying to adopt people our age. We're trying to adopt the younger generation. And who's yep. more influenced? Than the younger generation than, than the music they listen to. It determines what kind of clothes they wear, what kind of rims they want to put on their car, how they portray themselves. You know, I, I think if Drake said something, they're going to listen to Drake more than their own parents half the damn time. That's very true. We actually had Drake on that one episode, remember? 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. That was a good song. <laughs> uh, but we didn't have Drake on. No. I always feel like we're going to get sued for things that we say sometimes. But anyways, anyways. Um, well, we let's get back to the people that we actually did talk to. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's do that. Let's do that. So Ace Cosgrove, who's a really, really great, uh, I want to say underground, but he, he's coming up. He actually did give us a Bitcoin rhyme. Um, so you could play a little bit of his music. I know that you don't know me. Let this be my introduction. Glaring in the mirror for a better image. Then I started blushing because it's nothing with you live without a standard. But don't panic. Insecure is loose treasure. I wonder what is yonder. Is it greener with the grass? This is DJ. <laughs> DJ noise. Uh, so his uh, exclusive Bitcoin rap is cashing out like Bitcoins and Silk Road. Green faces make the fakes show they true color. These phony undercover brothers. What do you think about that, Demir? Um, Quite honestly, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So does Ace Cosgrove get what Bitcoin is? I don't think he gets it. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't, I don't quite think he understands Bitcoin, but you know what? There's a place he can go. Bam. You know? All right. Last but not least, Zion I, who's from the Bay Area. They're legendary. Yes. Yeah. Um, they kind of gave me kind of a half answer. But Wait. what's up? What, explain Bay Area. Bay Area, if you're not familiar, is uh, where Ifaudi's from. <laughs> what? Ifaudi? Ifaudi. Oh, the guy. Yeah, that's exactly how it sounds, actually. Fowdy. Like if a troll just smoked a bunch of weed. But she thick. A Fowdy. Fowdy. Uh, Bay Area is this area in California. That's uh, a big... Uh, by the Bay? By the Bay. Got it. Uh, he So play his play their Zion Eye if you're unfamiliar. Error, error, error. Come to Buddha, I could always use a ton of it. Pull back on that opulence, I'm laughing at you, foolish. Leaning on my locker, sporting khakis with my goonies. Moving like molasses, please excuse from the boonies. Lean back with my speakers turned out. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Uh 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 Alright, cool. Uh, he said, uh, let's talk some more. Bitcoin podcast. I could definitely conjure some syllables for you. Now, I don't know if that's, well, that was an invite for us to get in the studio with them or if they're just going to give us an exclusive song. Um, but, yeah, that I mean, that was a really cool experiment. We reached out to people. They reached back. So, Do you know their Twitter handle, Chella? Uh I'll put it all in the show notes. I'll, okay. I'll make sure I plug. And, uh, these are all, like, if you're in the, like, good independent hip-hop, uh, you'll, you'll love these guys. So, I feel like our listeners, we should give you guys a challenge. You guys... Should maybe tweet Zion I, and let's come up with a special hashtag like hashtag Bitcoin podcast raps or something, and let's see if he can make a song about Bitcoin. Cause I know Zion I is pretty good. Uh, you introduced him to me uh, yeah. about three four years back, and I love him. So you guys might like him too, even if you don't like rap, which I think most of you probably like like electronic dance music, Dead Mouse. E Fowdy. E Fowdy is who you need to. <laughs> e Fowdy. Do you think he says, like, um, hey, how's it going? Oh, my name is, is Jeffrey. What's your name? My name is E Fowdy. E Fowdy. Nice to meet you, E Fowdy. The shake a dig. 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I think uh, in the next couple months, a rapper might reference our podcast. That'd be cool. I would love that. That would, be, that would make me very happy. Uh, Not I, a lie. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll keep this experiment going. I mean, we could reach out to some punk bands, some, uh, I don't know, country folk, some rock bands. Who knows? But that was a cool little rap experiment we did. So uh, I hope you like that. The idea is mass adoption. In mass adoption, you got to have every, everybody's included in, in this awesome circle of Bitcoin. So yeah. just reach out, reach out. Cool. Uh, so this week, uh, speaking of mass adoption, we had a really cool guest uh, that Demetric handled solo. Uh, f- and man, it, w- it was an interview I wish I was a part of, man, because he's, he's from Austin, where I resided for a number of years and I currently work in. And uh, he was talking about like SoCo and like all these local chain restaurants and how they accept Bitcoin. And man, it, it was really exciting. And, uh, you know, he's, he's talking about Guinness Book of World Records, stuff like that. Uh, SoCo. SoCo, South Congress. South Congress. Congress is a street in Austin. It's very nice. If you come to Austin, go there. You'll have fun. Yeah, he's. So, so we're going to get into that. But there's there's one thing that, that was just really interesting that he said. It was about, and, and you'll hear it in just a moment, where he was talking about how a donut shop uh, was uh, in in Austin was accepting Bitcoin, uh, and they had to like the sticker on the window, and uh, you know every customer was like, well, what's Bitcoin? What's Bitcoin? And the line was just getting so long. That they were losing money explaining to people what Bitcoin was, and it reminded me of this like this joke that Aziz Ansari had. I don't know if you heard it, um, but he talks about his friend in L.A. who uh, who calls a locksmith, and the locksmith did not do any business with his friend because his last name was Chun, and he hated hated Korean Americans. He was so afraid <laughs> he was so afraid of Korea that he wouldn't do business with Americans who happened to be Korean. So his next telling of the joke was very interesting to me. He was playing around with the idea of how many Korean Americans would it take to call him to get their lock taken care of before he couldn't afford to be a racist anymore. <laughs> so, like, what if the same rules applied to the donut shop where, like, 40 or 50% of their business were Bitcoiners and they couldn't afford not to tell people about Bitcoin? That is the hypothetical we're proposing to you listeners. Yeah. You got to make it to a point where they can't afford to not accept Bitcoin. They want it to make it rain Bitcoin. Should we get to the interview? Yeah, so it's with uh, with uh, Mr. Scotty, Scotty Rose, Scott Rose, uh, who, who, I mean, he's talked at like uh, Mac World Expo. He's worked for Apple for six years. You might, he's best known for like the shit Bitcoin fanatics say, part one, two, and three on YouTube. It's good, funny stuff, funny stuff. I- yeah, he's got like two million views on just one video. So uh two milli. Two milli milli. Um Dimitrik, I think you had a hard time matching this guy's enthusiasm. I tried to. This guy <laughs> You're gonna hear it right now, the enthusiasm. It I tried to match it and I think I went I went toe for toe. It was a good it was a good interview. We had a great time. It was cool. Alright, here it is. Here it is. First question. So how did you get started and how did you gain your interest in Bitcoin and uh, did your fascination with it have to do with your time over at Apple at all? Um, you know, my time with Apple, I, I spent uh, six years traveling around the country with Apple, speaking for them at all their major events. And that was sort of a culmination of my love of technology and my love of speaking, my love of teaching people. And... Um, and I, but the funny thing is, 
is that I don't think that the two were directly related to each other. Um, I, I sort of have there's a law. I sort of have a long answer how I got involved in Bitcoin, and then I have a shorter answer. Which one would you prefer to hear? Which one are you more comfortable with? It's all up to you. You know, it's tricky. It's tricky. I would say, <laughs> I would say, let's go with the short answer. Okay. I would say that um, um, I first heard about Bitcoin when I heard about the banking blockade on WikiLeaks, where all the banks and credit card companies of the world all acted together to prevent WikiLeaks from receiving donations. And um, you you couldn't even send them a check because the banks would not even process checks that were written out to WikiLeaks. And I personally believe that WikiLeaks is doing a great service for society. And I was really disheartened to hear that the governments and the banks of the world were trying to do everything in their power to stop WikiLeaks from getting out important information to society. And then I heard from this great website called libertyblitzkrieg.com, Michael Krieger wrote an article, this was several years ago, about how WikiLeaks was only able to survive by accepting Bitcoin donations. And not only did they survive, but they thrived. Um, They received something like a million dollars or so in Bitcoin donations, and it enabled them to continue doing, doing their work and continue moving forward. And that's when I realized that this new thing I had just learned about called Bitcoin was something extremely special. And then I heard about the Cyprus thing with the capital controls where they closed, where they shut down the bank accounts and took, or, you know, froze people's bank accounts, took money out of people's bank accounts. Um, you know, the bail-ins as they call them. And that was when I was totally sold on Bitcoin. And I didn't even a hundred percent completely understand it at the time, but I knew that it was something powerful and it was something that was good for the people. Yeah. And then I sort of fell into the rabbit hole, like they say. And <laughs> I say that almost every interview somehow. <laughs> Is that like, that's like the ongoing phrase, isn't it? <laughs> well, because that's what happens. You just, you, know, you, you, you dip your toe, and the next thing you know, all day, every day, Bitcoin. <laughs> and, so true. And that's just what happens. You fall straight down the rabbit hole. It's so true. And then, you know, my whole life has revolved around Bitcoin ever since. Yep. Same here. So. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's that's awesome. It's it's See, I like how your initial uh I guess taste of Bitcoin was just through a a good deed for humanity, and that's what it can do. That's what it's capable of. It's just goodness for humanity, allowing value to transfer freely. Um, it has a lo- a large upside to it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is true freedom. It's freedom of association. It's freedom of of economic exchange. It's um, you know, it's sort of like what the internet did for information. You know, the internet freed information from the grasp of the media companies because anybody could be a blogger. And, you know, Andreas Antonopoulos talks about this a lot, which is that 
instead of us trusting information because it's given to us by a big name like the New York Times. Ooh, that sounds impressive. The New York Times. Let's listen to what they say. Instead of trusting something because of the name, now, thanks to the internet and bloggers and independent media, we on the internet, we can now trust information based on its content. And so the internet freed information. And in the same way, I believe that Bitcoin will free commerce and money and financial transactions all across the world. It's such a force for good. Yeah, I just um, actually wrote a blog on that recently, but I didn't want to tease my audience. We are starting up a blog. Maybe that's the teaser. Oh, oh my goodness, it's a a little teaser right now. A little teaser. teaser. (laughs) Um, I love it. So another thing that you do uh, is you've planned meetups, and uh, meetups require planning. It's it's obviously easier said than done, and anyone who knows, you know, anyone who's organized a dinner with their friends knows that it requires a large amount of preparation, you know, chop the veggies, make the hummus, (laughs) all that. So could you walk us through how to successfully gather like-minded Bitcoiners? You know, I wanted to tell you that there's two... Um, um, Bitcoin meetup groups in uh, in Austin that are uh, that that have sort of the most traction right now, and one of them is the one I was just telling you about. That is the uh, Bitcoin and Crypto Finance Meetup Group, and that takes place every Sunday night at 7 p.m. in Austin at Brave New Bookstore. And Brave New Bookstore is very famous because they are one of the very first brick-and-mortar stores in the entire country that started accepting Bitcoin a few years ago. Uh, and in fact, I, I don't remember what, their, what their, their bigger claim to fame was, but I was talking to the owner and she said that I think they were the very first – uh, bookstore in Texas, or maybe the very first retail store in Texas to accept Bitcoin. I don't know what it is, but they have one very special badge. They were very, very early on. And the owner of Brave New Bookstore, um, the current owner, is Catherine Blaish. I'm probably saying her last name wrong. Catherine Blaish. I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Please forgive me, Catherine. Uh, she's the, <laughs> she is the bit mom. She is the one who did the road trip with her family of four to the West Coast for two weeks. And they, they did it, the entire road trip entirely on Bitcoin. It was, they spent Bitcoin on food, gas, and lodging. They didn't spend any U.S. dollars. Wow. And. Yeah, check it out. I think they may have a few videos on it. I think she called it the Uncoinventional West Coast Tour. And so she's now the current and new owner of Brave New Bookstore. Oh, and, and, and Dimitri, uh, ironically enough, Brave New Bookstore is located in the basement of a Chase Bank building. <laughs> <laughs> so how's, how's that for irony? Yeah, they better not spread the word too much in that building. <laughs> exactly. You literally walk in the door that's right next to the Chase Bank. It's sort of like a side door. And <laughs> you go and you walk down these stairs and the bookstore is right underneath the Chase Bank building. I think if you drill into the ceiling, you could probably get right into the vault of Chase Bank. <laughs> uh so that's one of the big meetup groups that happens in Austin. And I was talking to Carrie about it. 
And Kerry said that they're, they're going through a little bit of a restructuring now where because the, the Bitcoin group meets every single week, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep momentum going with a weekly group. So what they're going to try to do is the first Bitcoin group of every month, the first Sunday night of every month is going to be like a special event. Uh, night. So they're going to try to make it where the first, if you come on the first Sunday night at 7 p.m. of every month, there's going to be a big event that night, whether it's the documentary that they're going to be showing or whether it's a guest speaker that night or a guest lecturer, something like that. And where the other three weeks of the, of the month are going to be a little bit more informal uh, discussions. Okay. And there's another, yeah, yeah. And there's also one other uh, great Bitcoin meetup group that happens. And this one happens every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And this is uh, run by Paul Snow, who's extremely famous because he is the founder of Factum. And he's the CEO of Factum. And he's also <laughs> – yeah, and he's right here in Austin too. And he's also the creator of the Texas Bitcoin Conference, which just had its second year anniversary a few months ago. And so Paul Snow's meetup group uh, takes place every Tuesday night at the Factum offices in Austin. So oh, I love that company. Oh my! I actually, <laughs> actually sent them my resume, just like <laughs> did, the blue. You did like, send it resume? Is that sent my resume? I'm just gonna do it. And oh, you got to do it. Yeah, I did, and he was like, "Thanks, we'll get back to you." And I was like, "All right, I just needed to do it." Oh, that's. <laughs> You can hobnob with him some more every Tuesday night. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll I'll do that. So. Oh yeah, I mean everyone loves Factum, and they're right here in Austin too. And it's just really, it's so exciting to be right here. And you guys are so close by too. Yeah, we're really close. So. Oh, I love it. I did not. I didn't know Austin was this much of a hotbed, and I feel. Now I feel like I haven't been doing my part. So I'm trying to uh, direct mass adoption. I didn't know it was right around the corner for me. It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, who knew that all this stuff was happening here, right? Oh, man, that's exciting. Exciting I, for me because now I know where my weekends are going. <laughs> oh, and you know, and you guys have competition too. We may not want to mention this on the show, but the crypto show oh, is. You know those guys. Oh, yeah, those guys. They're here. In Follow them on Twitter. That's how I know people now. I love it. Yeah, they're right here in Austin too. So you guys are here. They're here. Um, Alex Jones of Infowars.com is based in Austin. He's a big supporter of Bitcoin. He accepts Bitcoin on his store and writes great articles about it. And, you know, I give speeches around Austin and around the country on Bitcoin. My most recent speech uh, was called Bitcoin 101, What Happens When We Decentralize Money? And I uh, gave that speech at Austin Nerd Night. I love that presentation. Oh, thank you. It was actually going to be my next question. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. back. <laughs> From under you. I apologize. It's okay. It's okay. We actually love that presentation. And I <laughs> wanted to ask you, what did you find is your biggest hurdle when you're trying to explain to people exactly, you know, how independent, you know, money works, money that's separate from the government and how it could revolutionize the world? And are people receptive to that when you try and teach them that or show them that? You know, that is a, that's actually a great question. First of all, thank you so much for watching my speech. I really appreciate it. Um, and I would say it's, it's really funny because I really see, when I give these speeches around the country, I really see a shift in, uh, in different age groups. Um, or maybe a shift is not the right word, but I see a division between age groups. When I see 
kids that are like under 20 years old learning about Bitcoin, their eyes light up. They ask these incredible questions. They want to jump in it right away. They want to download a wallet. They want to figure out how, to, how, how it works. They, they actually start talking about wanting to make apps that run on it. And they're, they're, they're already off to the races. Then, you know, and the people in their 20s and 30s, they're sort of, you know, sort of, they're still trying to figure it all out. But you get people that are older, and, I, I, and, and that's where I really get the most resistance. It's so funny. It's, it's almost like the older people are more set in their ways. They don't see a need for this change. Everything seems to work the way it is. You know, everything seems to work just fine right now for them. And they're more resistant to change. And, and it's really changed my, my belief about who I'm targeting now in these speeches. And now what I really believe is I really believe Bitcoin is for this next generation. And you do too. Yeah, I found that. I found um, it's just the younger crowd is more acceptable to change at a faster rate. I mean, all their favorite websites change, you know, twice. This might excite you guys. What I want to do, and I haven't started this initiative yet. I'm going to bring it up at one of the future uh, Bitcoin meetup sessions. What I want to do is I want to get Austin in the Guinness Book of World Records this is, my, this is my idea. I want to get Austin, Texas into the Guinness Book of World Records for this record. Being the city that has a neighborhood with the most businesses that accept Bitcoin. There's a neighborhood here. You may have been to it. It's the Soco neighborhood. It's, a, okay. it's a very cool, hip neighborhood in Austin. It's, it's, it, Soco stands for South Congress. And it's very close to downtown. You can, walk, you can walk to South Congress from downtown Austin in just five minutes or less. And um, it's got all these small mom and pop businesses, all these locally owned businesses and little boutique shops. And there's almost no chains on the entire street. And it's really one of the coolest neighborhoods in Austin. And I would love to get a group of people together where we try over a period of many weeks to get all the businesses or as many as possible in this neighborhood to accept Bitcoin. Because then we can go to the Ginsburg World Records and we can say, hey, we've got a neighborhood that has more businesses accepting Bitcoin than any other neighborhood in the world. Right now, I think that, you know, maybe that, 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 that award would go to Berlin or maybe Amsterdam. Um, I'm not 100% sure um, where that award would go right now. But I want to have that award go to Austin. Yeah, that would be amazing, especially right in our backyard. Oh, man. Right in our backyard. I mean, you know, people call us like the next Silicon Valley and stuff. So let's prove it. You know, let's prove that we are Bitcoin Valley. Let's get the businesses to accept Bitcoin. And here's the funny thing. Even if the Bitcoin, even if these businesses don't 100% understand Bitcoin or, or embrace the philosophy behind it or why it's important, these businesses might want to be a part of it just to get the fame from being in the Guinness Book of World Records. Absolutely. It's a it's definitely an opportunity, and we'd love to help with it, you know, from our outlet, you know, do what we can to contribute. We'd love to be a part of that. Oh, that'd be incredible. Could you imagine if we got, like, a group of people, let's say there were 10 of us that were interested in doing this, and 
each one of them, we can go out in groups of two. We can take these great brochures that, that, that Carrie's created. I'm going to put these brochures up on my website at scottworld.com. Uh, so these great Bitcoin brochures will be available there to download. Um, and we could go out like in groups of two. And each group of two, like let's say me and you went out, like we would only need to maybe just hit four businesses. You know, there's probably only 50 businesses on this entire street. So if maybe me and you, we just targeted four businesses. It would be so easy. It would take an hour. You know, and then there was another two, and they would hit four businesses. You know, like we would divide it up. It would be such a low maintenance task, and and yet it could have incredible results. I mean, think how cool it would be if Bitcoin enthusiasts from all over the world were flying into Austin, Texas, just to experience this one neighborhood. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> really awesome, actually. I'd love to see that. I'd love to be a part of it. Oh, wonderful. I'm so happy to have you on board. Organize it, organize it. Oh, Dimitri, thank you. Thank you for saying you'll be on board with this. There's one last question I have. I I ask all my guests this question. Sometimes it's the hardest. Uh, Some people knock it out of the ballpark like Barry Bonds. Uh Uh Uh-oh. I'm not prepared. I forgot what this question was. It is, in ten words or less, Uh describe Bitcoin. Woo! Oh, man, the pressure's on. (laughs) Okay, in 10 words or, words or less, how would I describe Bitcoin? Okay, let me think for a moment. I would say that... <laughs> how about this? How about in four words? Okay. Bitcoin is independent money. All right, four words, I think. Four words! That it, is... That's only 100% larger than our shortest answer. Our shortest answer was geek money. Oh, oh, damn, I wasn't the shortest. That's hilarious. So funny. And I know it's so much more than that. I know it's a payment network and it's, you know, and it's a decentralized ledger and all that stuff. You know, and I know that money is just the first app also, but I feel like that first app is really important. So that's, that's what shows Bitcoin is independent money. And, Knowing that it's so much more than that. Yes. Oh, man. Well, it's been a great interview. Scott? Dimitri, uh, I'm so excited to talk that, that we got a chance to talk. Thank yeah, you so much. This has been an excellent interview. Uh, to our listeners, uh, Scotty321 on Twitter. And we're going to put uh, the information on your website and everything in the show notes so they can get access to what you do. Uh, it's been an excellent talk. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure. I'm such a fan of your show, so I'm excited to uh, be able to participate you. with you. Thank you. I hope you, you like what we have in store. So we're, we're, we're trying to do our best here. You guys are doing great. Thanks for everything. All righty. Well. All right. We'll talk soon. <laughs> All right. That was Scott Rose. If you're in Austin and you're listening to the show, you should go. Hang out with him. He's got a lot of Bitcoin knowledge in his noggin, and he's looking to spread it. And you heard it in the interview. We're looking to start some some massive grassroots campaign in SoCo, um, in Austin. For those of you that aren't cool enough to be from Central Texas, um, but yeah, um, we're starting a grassroots movement. We're gonna get out there, hand out brochures, try and get as many businesses as we can. To accept Bitcoin, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a good time. 
Yeah, I think uh, we're going to start as early. Probably not next week as we want to, just because I have to get the material sorted out. But you and me are actually going to be in the streets. That's right. Um, so follow us on Twitter, and we'll we'll let you know where we'll be at. And we're just going to hand out some literature and meet the people. So It's going to be fun. I want to try and get a video recorded, but I, I think it's going to be a great time. Um, I think we're going to be sad overall. Because yeah. we're from a small town, and they're going to say, like, Bitcoin? <laughs> uh, what is Bitcoin? Yeah. I mean, I, that's the cool thing about this Guinness Book of World Record. He's absolutely right. Like, I work downtown Austin, and, I mean, the reason why, you know, I'm going to blast Colleen on this podcast. Colleen, you suck so hard. I've lived here my whole life. And the reason why it sucks is because there's nothing but Applebee's and movie theaters and Logan's and Outbacks. It's just you know, Austin. There's there's this essence of entrepreneurship, and like you can just walk the city, and there's mom and pop shops. Absolutely, Scott Rose is going to get this Guinness book. I think people are open minded, and um, man, it's just I'm so I'm excited, man. This is the first time I think in 13 episodes I've truly been super excited about a movement. So, are you slowly turning into an evangelist? Is that what's happening here? I want to quit my job and not shower and just do this. <laughs> I would love that, man. I love doing the show. And for you guys that listen, for those of you that are in Central Texas, please be a part of that. Um, I see Reddit. I'm on Reddit, obviously. It's the source uh, for Bitcoin information and, and Bitcoin speak. It's the magnet. And if New York is fucking up, not if, New York is fucking up and California is confused. But in Austin, Texas, what's best is best. That could be your rap. What's best is best. What's best is best in Austin, Tex. Boom. Efaudi. <laughs> Efaudi. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So, before we you know go on and on about how awesome Austin is and how uh, it needs to be a Bitcoin magnet site uh, for anyone interested in blah, 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 blah. Are there any other topics that we needed to bring up? No, I think uh, I think that wraps it up. But I, there is a little touchy subject. Might be the elephant in the room. You know, um, I, I guess the the easiest way for me to say this is like for our older listeners. Like, remember, like back in the day, you wanted some porn, and you had to go into uh, a store and buy a magazine, and it, like it was just really revealing. People saw you; they knew who you were. Like, oh, hey, Bob, you go to my church, and now you're here buying this magazine. No. I, <laughs> Times have changed. All right. So lately there's an upheaval in online payment processing for erotic hypnosis related content. Uh, we're striving for mass adoption here at the podcast. So, uh, of course, this is exactly the sort of situation that Bitcoin fans can promote. Uh, if you're wondering where I'm going with this, um, when you pay for something with Bitcoin, no third party has to approve. So I think it's great for buying porn on the low. So we're, we're going to get... <laughs> I think that's a big plus. You I, said that with such a straight face. Like, you're, I think it's great for buying porn on a low. Yeah. It, it's just between you and the seller. And I, I think a lot of people don't do it because they're embarrassed, you know, on their credit reports and all that. And Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, in fact, there's a growing world of Bitcoin-funded porn out there. So next week, we invite Sexy Saffron. That's right. Onto the show to discuss her uh, her membership site and, and and how and why she accepts Bitcoin. There's no avenues we won't explore. Uh, I mean, 
Not with her. I'm talking about, like, <laughs> in society, like, there's no avenues we won't explore. Yes, we are going to have a, a pornographic performer on the show, and she's going to tell us how it's been with Bitcoin and uh, how it's going to be and just a little bit about herself and, you know, maybe yeah. about her family. You know, we're going to – no, I'm kidding. My Our favorite family. foods. My favorite <laughs> foods. You know, where she likes to go on the weekends that she, like, you know, she, like, walks in the park. No, I'm kidding. She's actually married. But it's going to be a fun show. I, I think there's something beautiful about having a CEO on a show and then the next episode having a porn star. Yes, it's yeah. just this magical blend of straight up neutral as hell. Yeah. Like, just... <laughs> if you do something and you're into Bitcoin, you can come on our show. I mean, I yes. hope the other guests don't think that, like, it discredits them, but... No, listen, hey, it's... it's a it, Her industry is bigger than whatever other guest industry is okay so absolutely they're they're working girls they get paid a salary and listen paypal is not an option paypal their stars are having their paypal accounts shut down because it violates their policies pay bitcoin gives them an opportunity to get paid um and make a living and i think it's it's yeah she deserves a spot on the show um you know Mm -hmm. all chuckles aside so uh, again, Sexy Saffron will be on the show, and uh, um, you know, adoption is the only thing that matters. Adoption is the thing that matters. And the beautiful thing about the porn industry is that it is a good metric for a widely accepted technology. Let's take a little trip down memory lane. Cue the sound effects, Cello. All right, circa 1981. I don't know what I'm talking about, actually, but beta tapes versus VHS. Porn was going with VHS. VHS wins. Fast forward 10 years later. VHS versus DVD. Guess what? On a porn, I can skip straight to the scene on the DVD. Porn chooses DVD. DVD wins. And commentary. Fast forward five years. The year is 2003. Sorry, 2005. An epic battle has con- has just started between HD DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, HD DVD is terrible. HD DVD could have been the clear winner, though, with 60 gigabytes of storage on it. <laughs> and clearly, it, you could fit more cool shit on it. And I actually bought an HD DVD player, and I feel bad about it because they went out of business like the next week. But <laughs> Next week. Sorry, footnote, I actually bought an Xbox 360 HD DVD player that I own, and I hate myself for it. But, the porn industry chose Blu-ray, and guess what? Still going strong. Fast forward, two years. 4K. And now, 4K, streaming pornography. The porn industry knows tech. Yeah. That's what we're saying. So, if... I mean, maybe it's a bad thing to push, but maybe if the Bitcoin community kind of supported the pornographic community, then it could be billions of billions of dollars. You know, it can instantaneously add some market cap to that thing that we watch every day. So true that true that that was an interesting trip down memory lane. Yeah. And it all roads lead back to Bitcoin. Correct. And porn. Bitcoin and porn. All right. Um, let's go through the usual means. Just really, really quick. Uh, Twitter, the BTC podcast. Um, Facebook, uh, search for us, the Bitcoin podcast. Um, 
our stats are going up. We really appreciate it. Uh, that that's all for me, man. Thank thank you guys for another week of supporting us. Thank you very much. Um, our, like you said, our stats are going up uh, week over week and month over month, which means that you guys are listening and you're liking it. And if you make it to the end, uh, I want to give you a sincere thank you. Um, we do all this out of pocket, and hopefully you could throw some donations our way. Um, and we're getting a lot of things going on the site. Newsletter is gonna is gonna be honed, so don't put us in your spam box. It's only gonna be like, hey, we got a new episode. Check it out. Have a nice day, or you know things like that. We're gonna have uh, what else? The Q and A with Corey. And, yep. And so, yeah, we're working on a lot of stuff, and we're happy that you guys have responded the way you have. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Play the outro.